Hello, Masonic Light listeners. You're about to listen to episode number 63 with a very special guest, the Right Worshipful Grandmaster of Pennsylvania, S. Eugene Herrett. But as many of you know, we pre-record these shows and then we have some announcements that we'd like to make before we get rolling with this great show and interview with the Right Worshipful Grandmaster. So first of all, our friends in Australia brought to light uh, had a special host, Worshipful Brother Nicholas Lane from Castle Island Virtual Lodge, but he came down to our studio and did a brief interview with us and also traveled down to Virginia with our friend Jason Richards from the Masonic Roundtable podcast. You can listen to that episode at brought to light at podcast.bluelounge.sc.com or your favorite podcast service. Locally coming up, uh, our friends at the Lancaster Children's Dyslexia Center are participating in the Extraordinary Give. That's something local to Lancaster. They've raised over $31 million in the last several years. It's uh, one of the largest fundraisers of the year, and that's coming up November 16th. So if you're local or even if you're not, and you can find that at www.extragive.org. Of course, these will be in our show notes. But if you do visit the Extraordinary Give, you'll see the link right on the page uh, for the Children's Dyslexia Center with the nice Scottish Rite uh, teddy bear, the, the logo for the Dyslexia Centers. Also coming up, we have in the northern Masonic jurisdiction, uh, our friends in the Scottish Rite, we have a day of giving, the Giving Tuesday Telethon on November 27th. Visit scottishritenmj.org slash givingtuesday. You'll see our friend Michael Russell right on the front. He was on our show roughly a year ago with the Sovereign Grand Commander, Dave Gladley. But if you do visit that page, you'll see, obviously, Mike Russell, and you'll see our friend and brother, Joey Dougherty, uh, who was also on our show, a great student up at the Berkeley School of Music. He'll be providing entertainment, be live interviews, and all sorts of donations going towards all of the Scottish Rite charities. So tune into that. Obviously, again, check your show notes. And lastly, again, keeping it local on December 8th, we have the 2018 Lancaster Santa Stumble coming up on December 8th. And if you're paying attention, you know that's the same day as the Grand Lodge Quarterly. Uh, But that evening, one of the great fundraisers that we do in town, uh, hosted by one of our own uh, podcast host by uh, Peter Jerry and his friends, and uh, this is a great fundraiser, raising over sixty thousand dollars to date. And uh, this particular event is a great uh, pub crawl and a great day downtown. And uh, tickets are ten to thirty-five dollars, and these proceeds go to our. Uh, furry friends and our equestrian friends of the Lancaster Police Department. So you're supporting and helping their canine unit and their mounted unit. So that clocks in at about three minutes of uh, announcements. I hope you guys enjoy the show with the Right Worshipful Grandmaster of Pennsylvania, S. Eugene Harrett, and episode 63. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey, welcome everybody to episode 63 of Masonic Lake Podcast. 63. What? 63. Right. That's about 20 years younger than Larry. Oh. Maybe. Uh. Okay. We have a extremely special guest today. 
<gasps> what? We do. We who, have the, who would that be, Pete? We have the right worshipful grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. And Masonic jurisdictions thereunto belonging. Like, it's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to ask what that means. That'll come up. Okay. <laughs> um, S. Eugene like Harris. Cyprus. Welcome. Welcome. Well, I always say right worshipful. Just say grandmaster. Yeah, grand how would you master? like to be addressed for the for the grandmaster? Would be fine. Grandmaster okay. is good. I'll answer to R. W. Right worshipful grandmaster. Grandmaster's fine. Okay, well, Jack said at, at dinner that we should probably just put our dues cards on the table now, <laughs> and you just decide if you want to give them back at well, the end. Actually, Tom Sturgeon kind of took that power away from us. Oh, oh uh, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. He. You, you can't just do that anymore. Ah, but you but can you, put. Well, in, you have some influence. Well, you yeah, and, and you can put in in place a process uh, that that can make something like We're that. We're going to do happen. our best that that doesn't happen. I, I at least tonight. Th- I don't think there'll be an issue there. I'm sure. Uh, well, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence coming down to Ephrata. Um, what we try to do here is we go around the room. First, we uh, just talk about what we've been doing the past couple weeks masonically. So you'll have to abbreviate yours because you're busy. Probably with 10 things a day. He can say whatever he wants. We can do episode two. <laughs> and then we'll come back with an uh, award-winning interview with you. Such as it is. So, so we'll start off with Jason, because he's on my left. Jason, what have you done uh, Masonically the past couple weeks? Well, we had uh, five Mondays in uh, October. So our listeners, uh, we had a bye week, so there's been a lot going on. Uh, probably one of the more exciting was the Lancaster Lodge Perfection Reunion. And uh, the Right Worship Grandmaster is with us tonight. He was our honored guest. And uh, it, was a, it was a fun night. Our thrice-potent master was a little nervous, but he, he, he plowed through, and the degree work was great. And I may or may not have tried to cut the scene short on the 10th degree when running the lights. Oops. But these, but these things happened, and it, would, uh, it was a good night. It's a lot more forgiving when you're the one making a mistake, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> All these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> And um, that was really a- about it. I came to council. And came to chapter, I too. came to chapter. I did. Yeah, that's right. Saw the Gibbles, and uh, Larry was not there. Uh, he, uh, he apparently didn't get the notice. He couldn't make it. And just today, uh, Seth Anthony, myself, and uh, Matthew Randolph, who was on our show, and Tyler Anderson, who was actually a speaker at Academy of Sonic Knowledge on Saturday, which would have already happened when you hear this. Uh, but he came into town, and we all went down and took a whirlwind, whirlwind tour of the George Washington Masonic National Museum monument, if I'm saying that right. And our former guest, Mark Tabert, gave us the super special tour. And I hustled back for this. Very cool. Took well, a thanks, va- thanks took for, a, yep, took a vacation day from Thanks work. for coming back. Jack. What? What have you had on your plate the past couple weeks? Uh Really, the big thing for me was presiding over the most excellent master degree at Chapter 43. I got to say, we have a couple of guys in our chapter that are just ritual maniacs, and they were phenomenal. Jason Martin, just shout out to Jason. He was a demole growing up, and his ability to memorize ritual work is just, I, I, it's, it's almost magical. I, I don't know how he does it. Um, I'm really envious of it. I used to think I was a stud because I had all three here, but he just he just doesn't even slow down driving past me. Uh, that was about it as far as Masonically. Uh, we had our state of meeting second Tuesday, but now we're already at the end of the month, so that's pretty much it. It was uh, 
we have, um, yeah, nothing, nothing AMD. I hit, I think, one goose and gridiron, but that's all. So. Grandmaster, welcome. What have you been up to the past couple of weeks with Sonically? <laughs> How about if I just drop it back a week? Last Thursday, I had dinner with the deputy, one of the deputy grandmasters from Brazil who was in town cool. in Philadelphia. So my wife and I had uh, had gone down to, to uh, visit with him and his wife. Who, and I did know, as a matter of fact, uh, he's a good friend of uh, Tom Jackson's who... All of you know. Isn't, so that, isn't everyone a good friend of Tom? Well, Jackson? not necessarily a friend. People know him. <laughs> okay. and, and I have to understand, Tom. Tom is uh, from my lodge, and I and remind me to tell you a story about that. But uh, anyhow, he's Tom. Tom is uh, good people, as you all know. Uh, Friday, I we got home, and I actually had a. Uh, I think oh we we drove out to Export Pennsylvania and stayed with the right worshipful junior, senior grand warden Jeff Wonderling, so that we could get up the next day and travel up to Meadville for their 150th banquet, and then uh, we went on up to Erie to uh, have uh, dinner with Jeff uh, Kim Jeffries and his wife. Kim is the the head of the building and grounds committee for the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, so it's kind of nice if we can get together with folks uh, in the hinterlands, so to speak. They consider us the hinterlands. We consider them the hinterlands. <laughs> but uh, Sunday, we, we actually uh, what was oh we got home on Sunday, uh, other than answering the phone for a bunch of people. Monday was actually f uh, free. Tuesday, I had, uh, I had meetings, but they weren't Masonic. Uh, Wednesday, I drove to the temple. Because we were having, we're, we're looking at doing some things at the down at the Masonic Temple that uh, we think will enhance it, and uh, we, we want to do something with the gift shop down there. We want to look at a better place to put the gift shop. We want to look at a way to make that more attractive, and we want to turn that into a more of a profit center for the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. including uh, internet sales. So we were looking at stuff like that uh, last evening. We were at the, uh, well, I had meetings during the day, but in the evening we were at Melita Lodge, and Melita Lodge is the home lodge of Adam Heese, who's now the Right Worshipful Grand Treasurer. He was uh, appointed uh, when uh, Brother Jeff Coy passed away in June, and so we went to that presentation. That, by the way, was an absolutely fun evening. Uh, I, I'm told that it's actually fun when the Grand Lodge shows up at a at a lodge. Uh, they tell you that, but they don't mean it. <laughs> but we no, true, uh, truly we had a good time, and uh, that that was in that same evening they were they were honoring uh, past Grand Master John. Uh, oh my God, John Young! Don't don't hit the table. <laughs> uh, they were honoring pass. past past Grand Master uh, John uh, Young. And uh, and did a very nice job of that. He was the only, aside from Adam Hess, he had been the only other Grand Lodge officer from Melita Lodge. So they thought that was a good time to to honor John Young at the same time that they were uh, presenting Adam Hess. Adam, by the way, is going to do an absolutely wonderful job for the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania and the members of, of the Pennsylvania Freemasonry. And then today, excuse me, today I came out. I know you want me done, but this is what no, it is. No, that's why you're here. Okay, today I drove up from uh, Philadelphia 
after stopping over at the temple for, to, to sign some things. And then uh, I had a meeting with uh, Joe Murphy at the Masonic Villages in preparation for uh, the Masonic Villages board tomorrow. And, and I'm here tonight. I heard you may have taken some pictures with uh, George Washington. Absolutely. Five right. o'clock uh, this yeah. evening. And, and somebody may know more about this than I do, but uh, Lodge 43 in Lancaster has a, a wonderful uh, statue that was theirs. And I don't even think they know the history of that statue. Uh, wooden that uh, was not donated to. There, there's a... There's a loan agreement in place with the with the Masonic Villages and Lodge 43, and uh, the the villages had it restored, and I'm I don't know how you go about restoring a wooden thing, but they did a beautiful job. But there's a picture of or there's a statue of George Washington. We had four uh, members of uh, of 43 and and uh, Joe Murphy and myself. And that and that that uh, they don't know who the sculptor was on that. But it's absolutely gorgeous work. Well, uh, Brother Ken Hudson, who's hiding in the corner, and myself are actually members of Lodge 43. And uh, I was secretary during a lot of that uh, that, that process. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a history of Lancaster County book that talks about George Washington coming and visiting. And he, he visited Lodge 43 when we, when we met right in the center of the city. And that uh, a, a local artist was so taken by his presence in the lodge that he went home and carved a statue and donated it to the lodge. And that's where the trail uh, goes cold. And there's some uh, some ideas out there who it might be, but nobody can confirm who the statue was made by. But he was falling apart. His shoulder was falling off, and he was in pretty bad shape. So, yeah. Well, he, I thought just his teeth were made of wood. Apparently, it's everything. <laughs> Well, I mean, the statue was accurate. I, I enjoyed that. I just want you to know. Just because the rest of them didn't laugh, that mean it wasn't funny. <laughs> that one of the speculations was that that might have been a William Rush statue, and I and they, those people who know about those things and looked at it, don't think it was William Rush. But uh, if I can, talking about William Rush, those of you who have been to the to the temple know. If you've been there t- this year, it's changed. But previously, there had been three wooden statues, and a lot of people didn't realize they were wood: uh, faith, hope, and mm. charity. And yep. they were in the hallway. Is when you'd come up to the Grand Lodge and you turn right. And it always bothered me that those things are like, like they're pushed in the side. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They are absolutely yeah. gorgeous. So I had them moved into the Grand Banquet Room, and when we brought them in. The concern was, oh, I know, how are we going to be able to keep them? Because we're, we're renting out that as, as part of a, a fundraising, not fundraising, but profit uh, f- uh, raising type of thing down here now. And we were concerned that somebody's going to put a, a glass of wine or they're, they're going to spill something on them. So we had plexiglass put around them to, to avoid that. But you have to be careful if you just cut off the, the, the air they had a potential to rot, so the back of that is open. So, but they're they're absolutely gorgeous. We estimate that each of those is worth about a million dollars a piece. Oh, yeah. We cannot afford to uh, to to insure all of the art that is 
that is oh, in. Must be just oh, and it's staggering. gorgeous. It's yeah. gorgeous. I, a couple of weeks ago, and if I get talking too much, feel free to. Well, you were just talking with the Grandmaster of Brazil, and they didn't they just lose all of their. There's a big national museum somewhere in South America that burned down, and they lost all their treasures. Ooh, yeah, it was pretty horrible. That that is ringing a bell, but that's not something that came up in conversation. Okay, okay. Larry. Have you done anything? Well, yeah. Value. I know you're trying to get into Masonic Villages. I have a contact that might help you out. <laughs> I'm not trying to get We in know the, a guy. I'm not trying to get into the village. Um, yeah, uh, play practice, Valley of Reading for the eighth degree. Uh, attended the Feast of the Tishery. Feast of Tishery. Tishery, yeah, uh, which was a, a really great event, great night. Goose and Gridiron, that's pretty much it. So the, Grand, the Grandmaster might not know what Goose and Gridiron is. So, yeah, Goose and Gridiron, Larry started uh, a breakfast group that meets every Thursday. There's no agenda. There's no dues. There's no anything. And it started off with like three or four of us. And now it's routinely 20 to 30 men every single Thursday. And they, they range from 20 to... I don't know, at least 90. I think there's a 90-year-old man that comes. Nice mix. And it is just a good time. It is a really good time. And I don't where, know. Where do you meet with it? Um, a local restaurant called uh, the Movable Movable Feast. Oh, but we're, we're, we're transitioning into another location because Movable Feast, unfortunately, is, is closing moving. its doors. <laughs> okay. So, but we meet in Lancaster. Okay. Yeah. And Greg comes across the river occasionally. To uh, feast with us. Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Talking I know he's behind you, but the microphone's yeah, in front of you. <laughs> so my past two weeks have been kind of busy. I was out at the uh, Pennsylvania Grotto Association that was in our backyard in Harrisburg. <laughs> One of the cool things about that, I'll give anybody advice if they're planning an event. Try to plan it where there's a bigger group having an event. There was the State of Pennsylvania Elks Convention was there. The Elks had five hospitality rooms. So instead of like just us cannibalizing our 50-50 ticket sales among 30 of us, we just crashed all their hospitality rooms. <laughs> and, you know, I guess, you know, they, they, they love games of chance, those Elks. Why, so, yes, they do. <laughs> so, yeah. Did we, the word class act come up at all when you're describing <laughs> this in the past? No, go ahead. <laughs> well, Jay Laser, who went with me and I, were also we're both Elks. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 had the, we were able to sneak it, infiltrate, and yeah, we raised a couple hundred dollars. Um, I think the prize was $200 in the 50-50 giveaway, so we raised some money for uh, the Humanitarian Foundation. Uh, let's see, we had Goodwin Council. We had a very great meeting with uh, Goodwin Council. The, I'm going to get the title wrong. The most puissant Grand Master from Pittsburgh area. That's the head of council for Pennsylvania, um, came out to visit. And we were his last council in Pennsylvania to visit. During his term, he managed to visit every single council. Wow. That's so impressive. he had some bad rubber chicken dinners at every council across the state. And uh, I think lastly, oh, Tall Cedars. Uh, like I thought we had a really nice Tall Cedars meeting on Tuesday. Uh, you did, good. It's our annual Widows and Past Officers Night. And we had uh, nine, we really make an effort to call and get the widows to come out. We had nine widows come out 
and they were just so happy because, you know, tall seaters, for those of you that know, don't know, most meetings are open. It's, it's more like a dinner club. And a lot of these ladies, they're, they're invited. They should keep coming. But it was really something they did with their husbands as a couple. And they don't come anymore. And this is just, they got to see a lot of old friends. This is something I wish we did a better job of in Blue Lodge. Absolutely. Yeah, I wish there was a way we could keep names. Yeah. And just try and track them down. We're, we're kind of working on that uh, with the Grand Lodge website and, and not the website so much as the, the computer. The database. The, the database. Yeah. Thank you. And it, it, a lot of it comes down to how well the, the secretaries maintain it. And they have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And, and then again, it's not just them. It's a matter of people getting them the information to get in. But if we can get that information into the computer, I think we have a better chance of honoring those folks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we will have a uh, some more conversation with the Right Worshipful Grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove and Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. Welcome back, folks. Uh, We're here this evening, and I think we've probably mentioned it several times with the right worshipful Grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, S. Eugene Herrett. And it is so good to have you on our show. Thank you. And I feel a little bit guilty about the way I approached you to come on this show. If uh, you want to review that? <laughs> sure. The, uh, how this came about, uh, part of, part of my, uh, my emphasis as grandmaster is to get people interested in the educational aspects, the Masonic education aspects, and I, I had all of the deputies show up at the Academy of Masonic Knowledge, either that or st- listen to the streaming. I also had them show up at a Pennsylvania Lodge of Research that we had in Carlisle uh, back in June, and. I'm one of those, I've done it since I was a deputy. I didn't have a particular program, but I wanted to give folks an opportunity to know what was being done at the uh, Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. So I kind of walk up and down the, the the floor, and I'm talking about what we're trying to do. And uh, it, I made the mistake then toward the end, are there any questions? And this... Uh, gentleman from from the audience stood up and started talking about did I know anything about the Masonic like podcast and <laughs> did I this and did I that and and, and uh, pretty soon it was you know it was taking up a lot more time than he had to 
and, and so I finally just uh, I said, "Are you are you at a point here where you're you're trying to put me on the spot to you can invite me to be on this program uh, in, and get an answer in front of all of these people?" And, and you know, he got this sheepish little grin on his face <laughs> and, and, and nodded his head and, and got out a, a high pitched yes. <laughs> And I asked him if he would be kind enough to talk to me at lunch uh, rather than taking up all the time that uh, we had for better questions. Uh, as it turned out, that was the last question, so that didn't work out. But no, that, that's how I got here. Larry then approached me after, at lunch uh, after the lunch of research, and I told him, I said, just get in touch with me, get in touch with the Right Worshipful Grand Secretary, because he pretty much controls my calendar, and uh, we'll figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, while that was happening, all the rest of us, our cell phones were blowing up. <laughs> other folks in the room. It's like, OMG, Larry is bugging the messages. Grandmaster. <laughs> well, it was, it was interesting because after the fact, I was at a, a meeting someplace, and John Brops came up to me. He said... Oh, John Bropes. Yeah, Bropes. Jack. I'm yes. Okay. I'm pronouncing his name wrong, mm-hmm. and I've no, I know John. And apparently not he very said, well. By the way, he did a good job. He says I went over to the lunch table after you left, and he said, Grandmaster, did you agree to come on the show? And he said, You had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I didn't say it with that kind of emphasis. No, you did not. Uh, okay, <laughs> and uh, and and I had no problem with agreeing to come on. You know, no, if you're, if we're you're great. not, yeah, we're really great. You know, if you uh, if you're not asked, you don't you don't uh, hey, sometimes for sure. It's I, I, and it I, shall I, be given. Where did I hear that someplace? Huh? Well, I, I that I coupled that. with I think of all the the uh, the unfortunate women that I never ask out that that uh, <laughs> never uh, had an opportunity. That's right. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, that's, okay. that's, that's you, you thought it was all going to be about masonry, didn't you? I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay. Oh. So I'm assuming you have another question, <laughs> Larry. Nothing else? Oh well. It's one your of the interview. things we talked about was what you are doing your first year, which is basically, I guess, in December you're mm-hmm. into your first year. And we talked about education. Your emphasis on it. Mm-hmm. And having been past master of the Lodge of Research and involved very heavily with the academy, I one of the things I mentioned to you, you mentioned, you talked to me, you said, what should I talk about? I said exactly what you talked about at the Lodge of Research. I said, it is so good. So if you would, tell us a little bit about your first year. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of weight gain because uh, I go to a lot of dinners. I was wondering but, about that. Yeah. I weigh 700 pounds yeah. by this time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's 15 or 20. Mm. My, I, it's funny how that tuxedo shrinks oh, as yeah. the year goes on. Well, it's the dry cleaners, and locally they've always done a good job prior to this, so I don't understand. <laughs> it's dry cleaners hey, in yeah. E-Town that do okay. it. Hey. Well, just some, some of the things that, uh, and I can't say I'm trying to do because I it's we're trying to do uh, – in the past, you know, grandmasters have pretty much kept their their programs or thought processes to themselves, and they they pursued them. And I th- just never thought that was a good business model. And so I have tried to be inclusive, inclusive, excuse me, of what I want to do. And I, I'm calling it a a culture of continuity. Everything that I'm doing, I'm telling. Tom Gammon, the deputy grandmaster. I'm telling Jeff Wonderling, the senior grand warden, and I'm telling Larry Durr, 
the, the junior grand warden, as well as now Adam Hess and uh, Mark Haynes. Uh, and, and part of that is if I don't want to start a program, and none of the programs that I'm involved in cost a lot of money, but I don't want to start a program that's going to cost a lot of money and two years later it goes away. Mm-hmm. It, it Maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, but even if it worked, if the, the next guy didn't like it, it's not going to be there. So I tried to get buy-in on about anything that I'm trying. Some of it, you know, they may like, they may not, but it's not going to cost us a lot of money. And it's member money that we're talking about, and that's what I'm, uh, you know, what I'm concerned about. So this culture of continuity has uh, been pretty much of the emphasis. The education has been an emphasis, and that includes the mentoring process. And I've asked all of the deputies to mentor a candidate during their term up through the uh, Masonic Scholar Award. And the reason I asked them to do that was because I think if you're a deputy and you ask and or tell people, you got to be mentoring, well, you should be doing it yourself. you got to sort of put your money where your mouth is. Lead from the front. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so we've been, we've been pushing that. Uh, I've tried to go wherever I have been asked. That's kind of difficult. I admire uh, the fellow who goes to all the councils, but we have more lodges than they do councils, so it's been a little harder. But I, <laughs> uh, I, it, it, but I have tried to get to it. If somebody has asked, and, and before this gets too far out of hand, if you want me to, or the Grand Master, or any of the Grand Lodge officers to be at a, a meeting or a banquet, um, you got to go through the right worship of Grand Secretary. Don't try to come to me. I have no idea what my my schedule is like that. He keeps it for me. Uh, you can get away with it with the the, the more junior <coughs> Grand Line officers. Oh, I was going to say at, at uh, Lodge of Research, you can get away with it, but <laughs> well, not so much. Well, I was I was told when I went through the line that when I was a junior warden, that I better start contacting the Grand officers now, that like the right worshipful junior Grand warden or whatever. Yes. Two, three years in advance. Like if you have a 150th year anniversary, yep. get on the calendar three years ahead of time. Yeah. Yep. And yep. That's, that's exactly what's – and we tell them that. Uh, we tell the deputies to tell the lodges. And we give them a printout of, by the way, these are the lodges that are going to have – excuse me, have significant anniversaries during your year, uh, during my two years or whatever. And, and so tell them if they want the Grand Master or they want the Grand Lodge, get on the calendar. And, and we can't just say, send us a date. Give us three dates so we can pick one that's going to work. Uh, you saw the trouble we had just getting me here uh, for, for this evening. It worked out very nicely, but it, it's a chance that it couldn't have as well, kind of thing. So, so we're, um, and I want to see all of the Grand Lodge officers who, who are willing or who get invited to get out to the, to the lodges. It gives you an opportunity to see. The leadership gives you an opportunity to see what they're thinking, and it gives you an opportunity to tell them what you're thinking. And that's just as important as knowing what we're thinking, I think. Um, what did I miss? I, <laughs> sometimes, some days it all runs together. <laughs> okay. Well, you've got a, um, a big ship to drive here. The, um, I read somewhere that the, the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania is one-eighth of all the Freemasons in the United States are Pennsylvania Masons. Well, I never heard that statistic, and that's a distinct possibility. We are now about ninety-four, ninety-five thousand. I doubt that that's a, a 
that's a good uh, fraction. Uh, just because Ohio is like 70,000 maybe or something like that. But there are some uh, – a good friend of mine – uh, just now past Grandmaster of Wisconsin, I think they might have six, seven, eight thousand, something like that. And, and it's it's always interesting to talk to these folks because when you're talking to them, you're talking to them on the level. You're talking, okay, we're all past Grandmasters or Grandmasters, and you're thinking about your Grand Lodge. And so I'm tending to think that everybody's 95,000 members, and they aren't. You know, so and then when you happen to bring numbers into it, and you mention to them that well, we have ninety five thousand members, and and they're sitting there with four. Yeah, members. yeah. You don't want to say what I accidentally said to the grandmaster of uh, Rhode Island. Oh, so you're like a district deputy in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. No, you so don't want to say that. Never put me on the uh, <laughs> no, public relations. That was no, not a good no, thing. No, yeah, I was, I was trying. That's why you do the kind of like the podcasts. Here instead of uh, public radio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in a bunker. And, yeah. that's, and that's why I do the editing. I, I did attend a, a lodge in Statesville, North Carolina, and I sat down for dinner beforehand, and we were, you know, just chatting up the guys at the table and uh, where are you from? What's your Masonic history? And and the guy sitting across from me, open neck shirt and blue jeans and boots. He said, "Oh, I'm, I'm a past grandmaster." I'm, I'm senior warden in the lodge this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Different worlds. And that open collar shirt. Uh, I happen to be a stickler. I believe we should be in coat and tie. Mm-hmm. I think it gives us an, a, a sense of eliteness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that we we should be trying to mm-hmm. to do. I had a an interesting uh, event back. I think it was in March. Uh, Jim Young, the district deputy up in the Williamsport area, had called. He said, the Grandmaster of Florida is going to be up in Montoursville. And since you graduated from Montoursville, mm-hmm. would you like to come up and, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So I get up, and I, of course, we, I bring an entourage, and I've got the regalia. Mm-hmm. And he, he had his apron. But he wasn't expecting what he got because they don't. I've been to Florida lodges. I've, I've helped put on degrees down there. It's it's a, a much more, much less formal uh, mm-hmm. deal, and uh, and it's hot, so maybe that's why they do it that way. But that that was an interesting evening because, God, it's terrible. I forget his name now, but he, he's the uh, the most recent past grandmaster. We get to talk, and he is actually a graduate of Williamsport, Pennsylvania High School. And he was maybe three or four years behind me. So we were talking about that, and that was kind of neat. And if you think about that, you know, at, at the same time, there's two grandmasters of two jurisdictions in the United States, and they grew up within 10 miles of each other, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. And the more he started talking, the more we realized Jim Young, the district deputy, he actually took Jim Young's uh, wife to his prom, senior prom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a small world, and it's a small That's Masonic great. world. That's great. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, but, you know, I, one of the things I did when I was district deputy, and I've been encouraging the, the deputies to do as well, uh, I started a past master's group in my 
district. There hadn't been one before. At least it had not been active for a while. And I'm trying to get all the dep- all the districts to do something like that, mainly to get to know each other, mainly to get around and visit with one another and find out what the other lodges are like. Uh, most districts now have either a traveling gavel or something like that, but I was encouraging those lodges that never had something like that to do it because it it kind of encourages them to go out and, and see the other lodges. Uh, I started a, a uh, district deputy grandmaster award, and I was trying to get the deputies to do something like that as well. And what you do with that is that you you assign points for if the master or the lodge shows up with at, at something that you want them to. For instance, I would give them, you know, uh, fifty points per member that showed up at the lodge of research, and I'd give them. 50 points per member that showed up at the Academy of Masonic Knowledge, or I'd give them so many points that showed up at School of Instruction, that type of thing. And the whole purpose was to, first of all, get some unity within the lodge. It would demonstrate some leadership within the worshipful masters of the district, but it also got them sort of getting into each other's lodges and talking, because I gave points for having the traveling gavel and that type of thing. And, And I think that's the kind of thing that I'd like to see all of the deputies doing so that all of the lodges can kind of learn to enjoy each other, which is best part of Freemasonry, the fellowship, the brotherhood. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's one of the things our show, I think we, we try to differ from the other shows. The other shows are very serious and they're good. I mean, they'll talk about some of the serious educational things in Freemasonry and the esoteric things. But we really enjoy being here and hanging out. And we're from different lodges. Same thing with breakfast. Um, that's kind of what I thought I was going to get when I joined the Masons 21 years ago. I thought I was going to meet a lot of guys. We're going to spend time together. I'm going to learn stuff from some of the older guys, you know, and, you know, I ended up getting a lot of, um, green beans, well, a lot of bit beans and, and bills and minutes. And I, you know, everybody's journey, you get kind of disheartened, but then later, in some of the appendant bodies, I started to find, wow, this is what I, like when Jack and I had AMD together, we're having dinner, we're having a great conversation. I was like, wow, this is what I wanted. Yeah. 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 Uh, Grandmaster, I've heard you mention on several of your visits that I've been at that, uh, and you explain it with your medallion as well, that it seems like you're very passionate about the appendant bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, could you expand on that a little bit for us? Sure. Um, and where, where you've heard that, it's... Uh, as I explain the medallion, and each grandmaster in Pennsylvania has an opportunity to cast a medallion to try to emphasize what he's trying to accomplish during those two years. And in mine, I have a, in the center of it, I have a Freemason sort of walking into fellowship, into brotherhood, into all the values and the things that you learn in Blue Lodge. But surrounding that uh, individual, there are several icons of appendant bodies. And purpose of that being on that medallion is because there are so many additional lessons that we are taught in those appendant bodies, whether it be York Rite, Scottish Rite, AMD, Tall Cedars, Eastern Star, whatever it is, they're not just being another appendant body. They're teaching life value lesson, and it's in addition to what the Blue Lodge is, and we should all be learning something from any organization that we've spent money to join. 
that help? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have any math to back this up, but I, I think Seth Anthony brought it up to me originally. Be curious to see that men that are very active in appendant bodies, his belief is that they're less likely to go in a re- non-payment of dues. Because if you, if you go non-payment of dues, like everything, it's the house of cards. They all fall. So, you know, whereas some people have the mindset that the appendant bodies take men away from Blue Lodge, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of on the other way that the appendant bodies are what keep the Blue Lodge going. Well, it's a two-way street, certainly. Uh, You you need to be a member of Blue Lodge to be legitimately a member of any of the appendant bodies. Uh, Hopefully you are joining the appendant bodies for the same kinds of reasons that you're joining the Blue Lodge, uh, you know, the values taught, the fellowship, and all of that. And if you're getting more of that out of the appendant body, then that's where you're going to go. And as you indicated, there's there's been issues where you go to the lodge and, oh, boy, we're going to listen to the minutes and uh, we're going to – we're not necessarily going to have a, you know, a, a Masonic program. And why are we coming back kind of thing? And that's one of the things, again, that I've insisted upon – during my two years, I want the the Worshipful Masters in their programs to have a Masonic-related program when they when they put together their their year, and and they need to, if you know if if a master absolutely is dead set, by golly, I gotta have the fly fishing program. Well, that's fine, but if you're gonna do it, then you do uh, at least a Masonic minute, a couple of minutes of something, whether it be from the you know, the MSA, the short talk. I've heard uh, in some of the other podcasts that I listen to, Masonic podcasts, that, that the a lot often the host of the podcast will be um, a Leo, a lodge education officer. And apparently in other jurisdictions there, that that's actually a, a role that's a, 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 an appointed role within the lodge. Has, has there been any conversation about having something like that in Pennsylvania, or is there's no prohibition to it, right? No, there's no prohibition to it, and certainly any Blue Lodge can appoint somebody for that purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a zealot, and that, that's a bad word because it doesn't come across properly, but, but if you have somebody who is deeply interested in, in Masonic education mm-hmm. and they want to get others, that's the person you ought to be heading, have heading your mentor program mm-hmm. uh, and, and trying to get others involved and maybe starting the breakfast program or just getting guys together for coffee periodically to talk about masonry. There's nothing, there's no official title mm-hmm. within Grand Lodge. There's nothing to say a Blue Lodge can't do that. And, you know, there I know there are Blue Lodges that, you know, they pass out their Masonic, uh, uh, what is it, their, their Mason of the Year award every year. And a lot of times it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Right, and he not just the guy who shows up at lodge and starts uh, doing all the work that needs to be done, but he's the guy that maybe starts talking to other fellows about Freemasonry in, in ways that they weren't expecting. Now, Jack, yeah, and, and Grandmaster can certainly confirm uh, or deny, but from <laughs> from my from my short time as secretary, I know that that in uh, the secretary seminars they they would talk about the required committees. So the education mentoring committee is something that I believe is mandatory. Uh, and that chairman, you know, in our database system, we, we actually do have a title assigned to 
uh, the lodge education officer. Uh, I, I don't know if that's something that we talk about uh, very much, but the infrastructure is there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 am I correct on yep. that? No, right. you're, you're absolutely correct. And it's unfortunately in a lot of lodges, somebody holds that title and doesn't do anything with it. Right. Uh, well, let's, let's take a quick break, pay the bills. And speaking of paying the bills, we're going to take a quick break so we can pay our bills and we'll come right back. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market. And a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse. Or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life. One that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And welcome back, everybody. Episode 63. Uh, we're joined with the by the right worshipful grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, S. Eugene Herrett, and grandmaster. Yes. Um, I, I thought about it. I wanted to do something special for your attendance, and uh, I decided I thought I'd come up with a game. And the game is called, basically, I'm going to ask you 10 questions, and it's called the Genius Game. Genius Game. So the the questions are about 10 famous genes, and that's G-E-N-E, the name, not like blue genes or cells. So um, earlier today, I also asked these same 10 questions to Larry. So we're going to compete. You're going to be competing against Larry. It's, it's uh, I th- I'm pretty sure you're going to win. But, and I have a prize. I have a prize for you in case you win. So, Okay. The genius game. He played the magical chocolatier Willy Wonka in the 1971 film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And was later married to Gilda Radner from Saturday Night Live. Yep. And I know exactly who it is, but I can't come up with it. By the way, this is a reason why I no longer do ritual. I'm practicing (laughs) for dementia, and it's coming back real well. Go ahead. Gene Gene, uh, Wilder. Oh, there you go. It's a merry-go-round. It'll come back. Um, He's already ahead of me by one. The Chicago Tribune film critic, he used to sit beside Roger Ebert and gave films a thumbs up or thumbs down. And again, I know it passed. Go ahead. Sticking with critics, this bushy-haired and mustached critic reviewed movies for the Today Show for three decades. Yep. can see him. Larry, no cheating. (laughs) All right, you'll know this one. This longtime pro wrestling announcer was actually a good-natured man and in 2006 was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by Hulk Hogan. 
No way in the world. <laughs> Most famous for his two decades hosting the Match Game TV yeah. show. Yeah. No, I know. No. I I know exactly who you're talking you can about. picture him, right? Yep. Okay. How about this one? Long-tongued original member of the rock band Kiss. He's actually named Gene Klein, but what's his stage name? No. No. Here's one that's a Mason. So this is this. Is, hopefully, we'll get you here. This Gene was a 33rd degree Freemason and starred in 93 films. He was also the owner of the Los Angeles Angels. Gene Autry. Very good. And which I, I have always confused that the translation for the Los Angeles Angels is the, the Angels Angels. So that's just an aside. Certainly was. Um, <laughs> while Mr. Spock said live long and prosper, this Star Trek series creator actually wrote it. Yep. I know who it is. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. This actor won the 1971 Oscar for Best Actor for his role in the French Connection. Gene Hackman. There you go. Very good. And this Pittsburgh native once danced with Jerry from Tom and Jerry in Anchors Away, but is most famous for his role in Singing in the Rain. Gene Kelly. And I think you guys both have four rights, so we're going to get into the tiebreaker. I think we're both of the same generation with the ones we're getting. <laughs> okay. While working as an NBC stagehand, this man made regular appearances on Chuck Barris's The Gang, The Gong Show, coming out on the stage for a dancing break. Gene Barry. Uh, I can see it. I don't know. Oh, where's the... Uh, I'll review the answers really quickly. Gene Wilder. Gene Siskel. Gene Shallot, Mean Gene Okerlund, Gene Rayburn, Gene Simmons, Gene Autry, Gene Roddenberry, Gene Hackman, Gene Kelly, and lastly, Gene Gene, the The Dancing Dancing Machine. Machine. All right. Grandmaster, is there anything else you want to cover while you're here? We do appreciate your time, and we don't want to keep you up too late. So anything else that you would like to get out that we've missed? Well, it it was brought up to me uh, about a talk I had given uh, back when uh, Ron Carson, district deputy from District 1, came in and was presented uh, the presentation uh, over in uh, Elizabethtown. And one of the things that I've tried to do is whenever I'm giving a talk at the end, when it's that time for the grandmaster to say something and then, you know, everybody stands up and applauds outrageously. Uh, I do think we have to do that here tonight? No, no, you'll be all right. No, no, an older man like you would have trouble getting out of a chair. <laughs> but, but, but I think the, I think the audience who is there deserves to have a different talk each time. And, and even though the audience changes, a lot of times the district deputies are always there. You know, they, they're groupies. I don't know. They share, they find out. But, uh, As Jack calls them, apron sniffers. Oh, no. Well, not district deputies. Not, no, district, not district deputies. deputies. No, but just no, people no. that, like, yeah. Well, I guess. If you, sorry, Jack. Title secret. Thank, thank you, sorry. Pete. Did, did you guys want to talk instead of me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyhow. It, uh, what what I, what I was reminded of was the one I had given uh, at Ron Carson's presentation, and 
it, it has to do with the fact that uh, I, I was talking with my brother-in-law one day, and he was talking about Freemasonry. And not about it, but just asking about it. And, and he was surprised as I kind of climbed the Grand Lodge ladder that, that I was even a Mason. He didn't know anything about that. And so he starts asking, well, how long have you been a Mason? And at the time, it was like 42 years or whatever. And, then, and now, at this point, I'm 46 years in the crap. And, uh, but he's asking about this, and he seems a little interested. And, and I said, well, you know, you, it's something that if a man has to— to, to have a commitment to, and he has to, he's going to get a lot out of it. But, you know, when you're putting, you know, you're paying a, a couple of hundred dollars to pay, to buy, you know, to, to become a member. What? You, you got to pay to become a member? Yeah. And you could tell, he was looking at price, and I was talking value. Two different things. And we have a great deal of value in Freemasonry, and that's what we need to be getting out to particularly new members, talking to everybody who talks about or when we talk about Freemasonry, but certainly to new members. They have to know the value of what we have, what we have to offer, and what's in it for them. And if we're going to keep them, and that's what we have to, to be explaining to them. You know, maybe they're ritualists. Maybe they're they're big hams like I am, and they like the idea of, you know, getting out in front of somebody and doing stuff. Or maybe it is the brotherhood. Maybe maybe they just like the idea of going downstairs and cooking and being a steward. There's, you know, they want to interested in the history. They're interested in the educational aspect. Whatever it is, there's value in the fraternity for them. And we have to, to put them in the, in line to get that value. So. Excellent. Beautiful. That's spot on. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, let's like they say about the military, everybody's, every job's necessary and you know, it's just perfect. Well, thank you so much, Grandmaster, for your time tonight. Um, anytime you ever have a message that you would like to get out mm-hmm. to anyone, um, we'll be happy to read it on air or, or anything, any kind of, we'll f- give you any kind of promotion you want for your year. Our five listeners will hear it when we put it out. So it's <laughs> or if they're located in Uppsala, Sweden. <laughs> Are those the ones that listen to it twenty five thousand times That's the ones. to get that yeah. hundred thousand? Okay, yeah, exactly. 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 Larry just has the show on loop in his basement to try and help help our numbers. Bumping the numbers, whatever okay. it takes. All right. Well, well we should uh, go to the news. Okay. And then we should come back and uh, wrap up and say our final goodbyes. Yes. All right. So let's uh, go to the news with uh, our news correspondent Jack Harley. Good news, everyone! Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. In Masonic News today, in a shocking development in the history of Freemasonry, the Grand Lodge of Northern Scotland has discovered in a remote abbey near the village of Bididarak on Loch Inver, a document which clearly describes what may be the first recorded meeting of Masons in the year 817 A.D. This would push back the birth of Freemasonry nearly 900 years. The Grand Lodge of most of England issued a statement congratulating its neighboring grand jurisdiction in a most Masonic way. When asked for comment, the master of the local lodge in Bedidarak spoke at length about the discovery. But as no one could understand what the heck he was saying, The document has been largely dismissed as fake news. (laughs) That's the Masonic news. So mote it was. Thank you, uh, Brother Jack. 
Um, wow. Just yet. Just yet. Just yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we, you know, we can just make another jurisdiction angry. That, that's, that's always good. I didn't mention any actual jurisdictions by name. Northern Scotland. Yeah, Northern that's Scotland. Not a, that's not, not a jurisdiction. jurisdiction. I was In like, the Grand Lodge of most of England, that's not a real thing. So, so. Grandmaster, for the game, <laughs> I was originally going to like call Bill Sardone from New York oh. and have you guys go head-to-head. <laughs> but um, Thank you. But yeah, I, you know. He can't take a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked Tom LeBall, I said, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you guys are friends, you, whatever. I'm like, would, would he be cool with that? I guess, I don't know. Just just in case, just just ask Larry instead. <laughs> so, so, so we, got, we got Larry. Oh, uh, so Jason. Yeah. What have you have going on the next couple of weeks in... Uh, well, by the time you hear this, this will air November 5th or 6th. So we have the uh, reunion of the Valley of Harrisburg on uh, November 16th and 17th, and also some entertainment on the, the 18th. And I believe that the Valley of Reading will have their reunion, not to steal your thunder, but on uh, November 17th. Um, and then also December 16th, uh, the Valley of Harrisburg will be hosting the uh, the Air Force uh, band, so we have our holiday entertainment, uh, Blue Lodge stated meeting, extra meetings. Um, Grand that's Lodge, really Grand Lodge quarterly. Well, I was going to leave. I was I, I was going to leave that for you. And, I'm, uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Headphones off. off. He's, he's out. <laughs> and then, of course, December eighth, we have the Grand Lodge quarterly in our backyard, which we're uh, certainly looking in forward to. Lancaster. In Lancaster, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So that will be uh, that will be very nice. But that's. Uh, that's about so it. So I was talking of some of the other prophets of Ubar Grotto. <gasps> what? That maybe we could all go, but not really go. Just go sit at the bar with our fezzes on and wave as everybody walks past us. We could look at the window. We could just kind of stand at the window. Quarterly? Or? At the quarterly. It's at the Marriott. So we could all just wait down in the bar and we, we could we could give us a, a kazoo salute as everybody goes past us. <laughs> you know, there's that construction. As they collect our dues cards on the way past. <laughs> No, no, no. We, we, we start the process. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack, oh, what do you have word. happening? Uh, nothing until stated meeting. Um, uh, we have Ubar Grotto on Sunday. This this Sunday? Right? Yeah, this, yeah. Sunday. It, this it, Sunday. It will have passed, but yeah. Uh, it's our costume event. This, this too shall pass. Yeah, I'm struggling with a costume. I, There's uh, they six, don't make costumes six profits for people coming down from New York City, so it's going to be a, um, a blast. Good. We'll have a bail bondsman ready. And uh, other than that, it's uh, second Tuesday, um, six o'clock for dinner, Grandmaster. If you'd like to join us here in Effort Lodge, uh, come on down, have another dinner. Uh, meeting at seven. You can hear the minutes. And uh, we've got a couple candidates. That's it's the uh, chicken pot pie dinner, right? Uh, yes, chicken I'm, pot pie. I'll be here. All right, Jack. Are you getting installed uh, in Ubar? Is that or is that happening? That's in December. December. December okay. That's in December. Yeah, uh, we're going to do that at John Wright's. So, Grandmaster, I know your schedule's packed. So, but like official, is the quarterly is the next big thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The academy will be over by the time you air this. That's tomorrow. Well, well, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, We will be presenting about I think it's seven new deputies uh, throughout the jurisdiction in in January. Uh, Those. But not everybody wants to show up at those. They're, they're, they're around the place. But that, that other than that, uh, we'll have different things that will be the Grand Lodge or I will be attending. Larry? 
The uh, I will be at the academy on uh, on Saturday. You were already there with my. Oh wait, I'm there yeah, too. Well, yeah, well, I already have been there with my microphone, and, and uh, Grotto on Sunday, which I'm looking forward to. I yeah. will be joining the guys uh, after the academy over at Mooduck. Yes. Yeah, for a little bit of libation. So. Yeah, the New York guys are coming on Saturday evening, yeah. so we're going to yeah. meet them also for some meeting. fellowship. Yeah. So you're and going as well. I am after work. Okay. Yeah, I'll Good. be there. Um. I guess other than that, I've got uh, the. I'm playing a one of the characters in the eighth degree. Right. I think I was corrected once. I can't say the character, the actor, the actor, or the degree. But I can say one of the three. Two but of the I, three, but not three of three. Right. I can't say I was like Moses in the first degree in whatever. You know, something that yeah. doesn't exist. You, so, but I can say one thing. So. Got to keep Russ happy. Yes. Um, that's it. Larry, too many rules. We do have uh, a couple guests here today. Besides, a couple, couple super fans. They're just nodding their head now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put him in the show notes. Yeah, we have Brother Ken Hudson, otherwise known as K-Dog, who was a contributor to this show. And a new and, resident and at the Masonic Village. And remember Watch 43 in Lancaster? We have Pastmaster Greg Moore. No, you're not Pastmaster. We can work no, on that. Were. Senior future past senior warden, uh, senior warden from Riverside Lodge in Wrightsville, and uh, and brother Fred Whitley from Effort Lodge here. Yeah, Fred's hiding over Fred, in the corner. Thank you for Would that. You? All right. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming to see how sausage is made. If this keeps up, you're going to have to install bigger bleachers. That's right outside it. the windows with the speakers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Larry. Are you ready? Uh, no. All right, Larry, take us out of here. Cue the chickens. Okay, uh, I do want to give special thanks to the Right Worshipful Grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, S. Eugene Herrick, for showing up tonight. <laughs> it's just that easy. <laughs> Participation is key. Also, uh, thanks to our uh, to Jason Lewis, our producer, who always makes the show listenable. Special thanks to our news director, Jack Harley, as usual. And uh, also, too, uh, some special thanks to some people we don't mention a whole lot about anymore. It's uh, our assistant public relations specialist for the Sonic Light podcast, a lot of BSing. Our creative director, Drew Blank. And this is a good one here our director of staff bonuses, Holly Unlikely. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This is Larry Maris. Stone him. Um, Larry, I can't even talk. <laughs> it's Pete Ruggieri. Jason Lewis. And Jack Harley. And... The Right Worshipful. Right Worshipful. <laughs> Gene Herrett, Right Worshipful Grandmaster. Masons in Pennsylvania jurisdictions thereunto belonging. Not that there are any jurisdictions left. Anymore? No. Yeah. Now uh, it's, it's a title. They're all independent. Now. That's right. Nice for them. Yeah. Well, there's an island. in The, the children Sus have grown up. There's an island out in the Susquehanna somewhere that I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> they get a bigger population. Americans. We'll 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 give yeah. them a warrant. <laughs> they talk funny like down in Maryland. Outstanding. <laughs> All right, everybody. Good Bye, night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
So the first one. He played the magical chocolatier Willy Wonka in the 1971 film Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory and was later married to Gilda Radner from Saturday Night Live. You know, I, I know his first name was Gene. Oh, see, I, I can't remember what his last name was. I know exactly what I mean. I can see him in my, in my head, but I, I can't. Sharp as a tack. answer to all the questions, the first name is Gene. So. Oh, well, it was Gene. Yeah, okay, well, I said that. All right. All right. Um, number two, this Chicago Tribune film critic used to sit beside Roger Ebert and give a thumbs up or thumbs down. Gene Siskel, yeah. Okay. Sticking with critics, this bushy hair and mustached critic reviewed movies for the Today Show for three decades. Uh, Gene, oh golly, golly, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I, Gene, that's all I can remember. I can't remember his last name, but I know who you mean. I can see him. This longtime <laughs> pro so wrestling announcer was actually a good-natured man and in 2006 was inter inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by Hulk Hogan. Oh, God, I have no idea who that would be. Ball-headed guy. Heavy yeah. set. Yeah, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It would be Dean, but who knows? That's like half the Freemason. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. Um, this, this guy is most famous for his two decades hosting the match game. Gene Reynolds? No, that's incorrect. Um... Gene Rayburn. Oh, Rayburn. Okay, I knew it was an R. Okay. Um, this is the long-tongued original member of the rock band Gene. Kiss. His name is actually Gene Klein, but what is his stage name? Oh, no idea. Okay. Guy, he had the TV show. He had all that. Uh, he's the guy with the long tongue, right? He has TV show on for years. Okay. And you know what? I met him. I actually met him up at Tate Towers uh, studio in Lidditz. I was standing beside him. I didn't know who the hell he was. And they introduced me. I can't remember his last name. Okay, that's uh, where the sorry. editing comes yeah, in, right? Yeah. That's okay. Well, I think we could turn this tape into your doctors for uh, cognitive tests. Alright, um, this Gene was a 33rd degree Freemason and starred in 93 films. He was also the owner of the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Gene Autry. Gene Autry, yeah. That is, that is correct. Okay. Um, while Mr. Spock said long live and prosper, this Star Trek series creator actually wrote it. Gene Roddenberry. This actor won the 1971 Oscar for Best Actor for his role in The French Connection. But as younger viewers remember him as Lex Luthor in Superman and Sheriff Little Bill in Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Yeah, again, Gene, I'm not going to remember his last name. All right, last one. Um, this Pittsburgh native once danced with Jerry from Anchors Away, but is most famous for his role in Singing in the Rain and other musicals. He wasn't a Freemason, was he? I don't think so. Uh, that would be Gene Kelly. Okay. And just in case there's a tiebreaker, which I, I, I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> while wor while working as an NBC stagehand, this man made regular appearances on Chuck Barris's The Gong Show, coming onto the stage for a dance break. Mean, yeah, mean, mean dance, dancing machine. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, 
Alrighty. Yeah. I'd give him that one. The answer, yeah. Well, we'll do the answer for the He gets a prize. He gets partial credit. You get half a point. He can't have the prize. He's not a past master. I brought you a past master card. You still, you still get to get it. It's a consolation prize. Do I get this? Well, thank you. Thank you. Nice job. That was fun. We'll, we'll clean it up a little bit in the future, but... Uh, a little bit. Well, we'll kind of watch You've been listening to the Masonic Light Podcast with brothers Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, Jason Lewis, Jack Harley, and me, your dulcet-toned announcer, Brian Hill. Listen to all our episodes on our website, www.masoniclight.com or via your favorite podcasting service.